Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Today, we're talking to some of the most essential people in our area as we face down the coronavirus. And no, I'm not talking about healthcare workers today. Of course, they're hugely important. We all respect their service. But also on the front lines, and often without the protective equipment that physicians and nurses have fought to get, are retail workers. And no matter how bad things get, we need groceries. And yes, we also need toilet paper. And so the people who sell them to us have become essential, even though in many cases they're not making even $15 an hour. So what kind of protections could help them right now? Well, we're going to talk about that today, and we're talking to David Cook. He's the president of United Food and Commercial Workers Local 655. That's the union that represents nearly 10,000 grocery, pharmacy, and retail workers in eastern Missouri. Uh, David Cook, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Pleasure to be here, to be able to give a voice to the public as to what the workers I represent and all workers are going through in the public sector right now. And there is so much that these workers are going through. But before we get into some of the details, I want to talk about something that I think is even breaking news at this point. And, and that is that your union is issuing a call for action. Even as we speak right now, you're sending a letter to the governor. What are you asking for in that letter? So... Most of the retailers that I represent today and a lot of the non-union ones are now providing some type of mask for their employees. And that's great. The mask protects the public from getting an infection from them. Mm -hmm. But nothing protects them from the public. So I'm calling on the governor to finally step up and protect these workers that are essential today. And that is require every shopper that goes into a retail facility that's deemed an essential business to be required to shield their their face. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying wear a mask. We need to preserve those masks for those first responders, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs. But the reality is they can shield their, their mouth and their nose with a scarf, with a handkerchief, uh, with a T-shirt. Uh, and it's the right thing to do. These workers are exposing themselves to thousands of people in the public every day at a time that everybody's being told, don't interact. Mm-hmm. please, that's the least the governor can do. We've made other calls of them, and they've fallen on deaf ears at this point in time. But we're not going to stop advocating and asking the public to do the right thing and urging the governor to finally stand up and protect these workers that, to date, he has refused to take any action on. Okay, so you're asking the governor to take statewide action on this. I know the city of Los Angeles, for example, they very recently issued a similar order. The city is now requiring people to wear masks or cover their faces um, when they're at local shops. Is there a possibility that county officials or city officials could follow suit now that you guys are issuing this call, even if the governor doesn't reply? Yeah, so I actually have had some very good conversations with the local leaders. And trust me, the local leaders in Metropolitan St. Louis are leading the charge to protect us right now. It's not coming from Jefferson City. I've talked to the county executive, Dr. Sam Page, extensively about this subject, Mm. and he is on board 100%. Now, being on board 100% doesn't mean today he's going to mandate it, but he is going to be releasing a statement that he strongly urges and pleads with the public to shield their faces while shopping in public venues. Um, I think in the days and weeks to come, you'll see him move that policy, but to flip the switch today is is not feasible. Um, And I've sent a letter to all the three county executives, Jefferson County, St. Charles County, St. Louis County, and St. Louis City today, asking all the officials to take local action to protect these workers that are serving us. I mean, we need to eat. Mm -hmm. We don't have restaurants to go to today. 
There's more groceries being bought than there ever has been because people are eating at home. And my workers and all grocery and retail workers across Missouri are being subjected to an unknown amount of virus on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Well, so for those of you listening, um, you've heard it here first. David Cook, who is the president of the union representing these grocery, pharmacy and retail workers, they're asking the governor to require people to wear a face covering in shops. And they're asking you to do it. You don't have to wait for the governor's order. Uh, This is something that's that's really important to David's membership. And our second guest today is also going to speak from that perspective of of somebody who works in these stores. Uh, She's a grocery store worker worker at a store where the workforce is not represented by a union, Um, and her name is Chris Dean. She's actually the co-founder of a movement that seeks to advocate for frontline workers like herself. So, Chris Dean, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you so much uh, uh, for having me. We're very happy to to be on the show today. Now, Chris, your movement, you call it Who We Are. What made you choose that name for it? Um, It's actually the Who Are We movement. Um, And you know, I was with some coworkers and fellow grocery store colleagues uh, just discussing, you know, the state of the world being grocery store workers in a pandemic, you know, and, and we didn't ask to be frontline workers. We didn't ask to be heroes. Who are we to be called upon to, to sacrifice our lives so that people can get their groceries? You know, who are we to, to call out our, our government and our employers for for not standing up and not keeping us safe. You know, our Mm -hmm. lives matter. You know, we need to join across industries. You know, it's not just grocery store workers that are exposed, that are unsafe at work. You know, the Who Are We movement wants to join workers across all industries to let them know that we have a voice and that we can stand up and we deserve to be safe. And Chris, if people want to get more information about this movement, that's Who Are We, um, what would be the best place for them to go or to connect with people in this movement? Yeah, right now the best place to connect is our website at whoarewemovement.org. Uh, there we have a um, kind of our demands as well as current actions that are going on throughout the nation as workers are standing up and, and showing, you know, our employers and the companies that we have, you know, a power to our voice. Uh, so definitely check out our website. Again, that's whoarewemovement.org. Uh, another place to check us out is on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. Uh, Instagram at Who Are We Movement, Facebook Who Are We Movement, and also on Twitter and Who Are We Movement, and that's M V M N T. Okay, and uh, with both Chris and David, we're going to get into some of the additional things that they would like to see happen here to protect these workers in just a moment. But we do want to invite you to join this conversation. Are you on the front lines of this pandemic, and do you feel like you're sufficiently protected? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. You can also email us at STL or talk at STL Public. Radio.org. Um, David, something I did want to ask you about, you mentioned that pleas to Governor Parson have gone on deaf ears. I know other states have designated grocery store workers as first responders. That's something you've asked for here. What would that do if the governor made a designation like that? There's, there's multiple things that would go for all the workers, and it would give them high priority for testing and protective equipment. Now, I understand today tests are not available. I understand today test, uh, equipment is not available, but it would also include child care benefits for these workers because remember schools are shut down. Mm-hmm. People like Chris that have children, they're expected to go in and serve the public 
and they have a child child care crisis right now. Um, there's a multitude. In addition to that, if they were deemed as first responders, they would not have to prove that they, they became ill, that it was because of the job. They would automatically defer to, to workers' compensation, and, and their health care benefits would be covered. Instead, he's refusing to take any action on behalf of my members, my partners that I represent, people like Chris and people in Chris's movement. This, it's not acceptable to wait for local officials to take, take action. They don't have the authority to make these classifications. Mm-hmm. But, and, and truly, when it comes to testing and protective equipment, I've never said that our workers should get it before the doctors, nurses, EMTs. But they ought to fall in line today. Make the designation today to recognize these people that, as Chris eloquently said, are putting their lives on the line when they never asked to. And they're showing up to work in record numbers. We have a better attendance today than we've ever had in the unionized grocery stores because Mm -hmm. these individuals are dedicated to serving the public. A little protection, a little help. We don't need thanks. The governor has been very gracious with with his thanks. We need a little action. We need a little action. You asked for this formally um, from the governor. Did you get a response where he, I mean, has he explained why he's not willing to do this at any point? Yes. In one of his press conferences, he said they're not first responders. Mm -hmm. They're not first responders. Doctors, nurses, and and police and fire are first responders. These people are not first responders. He has asked a question about it yesterday and, and, and said clearly, I'm not going to, they are not going to be deemed as first responders. It's not an acceptable position. Um, Chris is is making a moderate wage, as are my workers, and here they are putting their lives on the line. They deserve recognition today. And I'm not saying in 2021 they should be deemed as first responders, but in this crisis, they deserve that recognition. They deserve being put to the front of the line, right behind the doctors and nurses and EMTs and police and fire. That's where they ought to fall, right there, not behind anybody else. Um, Chris, I, I know that being designated as a first responder, that's definitely something you support. What are some other things that you would like to see change in terms of policies or procedures or just additional protections for grocery workers and, and other frontline people like yourself? Yeah, I would love to, to piggyback off of uh, Dave and, and you know, I think it's great to call for an action from the governor and ask for everyone to wear masks in public. My parents are in L.A. County, and I, I talked to my mother this morning, and she let me know that's what they're doing. So it is possible for our government to put things into place. Um, but that's, you know, on the big picture. The For us in the stores, you know, dealing with the public is dangerous. Just because we put up, you know, plexiglass in front of us, what if there's a customer behind us or another person ringing up somebody else? You know, all of these measures, like Dave is saying, are going to help the public. But when are we actually going to put policies in place to help the actual people? You know, we should have – it's 2020. We should have the option of grocery store pickup and delivery only, curbside transactions. We don't need people to come in and pick what which of the 17 peppers they want. You know, you want a red pepper, you get a red pepper. Let us do the shopping for you on the inside. I think we need to call for a bigger change. Just limiting the amount of customers coming in, that's great. That helps the customers that are coming in and leaving while they're in there at that time. But the people who are bringing up the customers are still dealing with thousands of people a day. You know, the mask that we wear only help us 
prevent it from giving us to it to somebody else, but it doesn't prevent someone else to give it to us. Mm-hmm. And, I think that's know, a these, great point. These, these are not those N95 masks. Those, of course, are reserved for uh, healthcare workers. And right. so as they should be. Mm-hmm. So we need to take steps now to keep the, the healthcare workers safe. We need to reserve these things for the people who need them, who are out there risking their lives with people who are definitely have the coronavirus. You know, we are dying. Grocery store workers are dying. I'm not sure if you know this, but a Trader Joe's employee was confirmed to have died. Two Walmart employees in Chicago have died. A a giant store employee in Maryland, she's 27 years old, she died. That's me, Sarah. That's me. I died. And that's not acceptable. What we are doing is not enough. We are risking our lives. And the Who Are We movement is here to let everybody know that that is not okay. We deserve to live. And we deserve to be safe at work. Our voices are stronger together, and we need to unite and tell people that we deserve to live. We are the essential workers, and we matter. My life matters. And and we are no, talking we are today all... to Chris Dean. She's with the Who Are We movement uh, that seeks to represent frontline workers in the fight against the coronavirus. That includes grocery and other retail workers. We're also joined by David Cook, who's the president of United Food and Commercial Workers Local 655. It represents more than 10,000 uh, workers in that situation. We need to take a quick break. We'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. We'll get to some callers then and, and continue to discuss this, this important topic. This is St. Louis on the on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. And now back to our conversation. We're talking to Chris Dean. She's a grocery store worker in St. Louis County. She's also co-founder of the Who Are We movement. And we're joined by David Cook. He is president of United Food and Commercial Workers Local 655. They represent grocery, pharmacy, and retail workers in eastern Missouri, who are obviously um, on the front lines in this pandemic. And we are going to go to the phone lines here in just a moment. But I wanted to note that someone who wishes to remain anonymous just called in to mention that she works at a bank and this bank has no drive through She says the exposure has been constant and chaotic. And she notes that no one talks about banks and they are always working and with no protection. She would like to see banks recognized as well. Um, so let's go to the phone lines. Brian is calling from St. Louis. Um, hi, Brian. You're on St. Louis on the air. Thank you for, Hello? Thank you for joining us, Brian. Um, what are your thoughts on this matter? Uh, I was wondering if there is any um, sort of initiative to start uh, a tipping feature at grocery stores. I've, I myself have not been going to the grocery stores. I've been getting deliveries, and I know you can tip your driver or your delivery person for Instacart. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there was going to be, for people who are still going to the grocery stores, if there's a some way that you could tip at the register when you're paying, mm-hmm. uh, and those tips could be distributed among all the grocery store, all the employees of that store, and then also on if you are getting your groceries delivered, like I am, if I if there's any initiative to add a tipping function to Instacart that would go to the grocery store where you're getting those groceries from. Boy, that's a, a great suggestion. I know a lot of us would like to show more appreciation for these workers. David Cook, is that something that your membership has talked about at all? They they really haven't. I mean, I'll be honest with you that that's not the issue, and and I don't want to speak for Chris right now, 
you know they're working more hours than they ever have, so their their mm-hmm. paychecks are decent. Uh, what they really want is is the protection. So the tip you could give Brian, and I thank you for the thought, would be to continue to do what you're doing, but cover up if you're going to go in the public. And I agree with the bank thought process. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be around people that are forced to work in these times, please shield yourself and be polite. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris hasn't mentioned this, but I know my partners have mentioned it time and time again that people's anxieties are high. Um, please don't take out your anxiety and your angers and your anxiousness with these poor retail workers. If they're out of toilet paper, it's really not their fault. That, I Treat think that's an respect. excellent point. And I would love to see everybody remember that. Like, this is the wrong time to be snapping at a, a, an employee who's just trying to do their job. And, and as you say, under very dangerous conditions. Brian, thank you for that call. I'm going to go back to the phone lines. Uh, Fred is calling from St. Louis. Fred, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Well, Hello, how you doing? Yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm with um, Chris. I believe his name, uh, the union president. It's the uh, it's the title that a person has. A uh, you know, first responder, essential. Essential is not protected. You know, uh, custodians they fall under the essential uh, category, and they need to be protected because the doctors and firemen and police they're the ones that's cleaning their uh, uh, restrooms and vacuuming mm-hmm. and wiping off their desk and doing all this type of stuff. So uh, I think they, they they need to get that uh, essential uh, um, title because you know, they're they're even more important. You know, Fred, than, uh, this, it sounds like this issue of custodians is near and dear to your heart. Is that a field that you work in yourself, Fred? You know, um, uh, uh, and. I just, uh, and being in GIS, I look at a lot of the data and things like that. This coronavirus is spreading and it's, and it's very dangerous. And, uh, uh, and, and I believe the, uh, the custodial, uh, everybody who, who's still out there getting up going to work should be, uh, be under that, uh, that protective title as a first responder. Yeah, Fred, I think that's a great point, and, and thank you for, for sharing your perspective on this. Um, David, would you support adding custodians um, under that first responder label? I think absolutely, and let's, let's talk, take that a step further. Um, when you have these individuals that are working in the hospitals, we talk about the doctors and nurses, and they're heroes. They really are. I, I commend them. But you know those hospitals aren't going to run without the janitors that are going to clean up around them? They're not going to run without the nurses' aides? Um, that that those are all essential jobs, first responding jobs, and and I agree. If in today's world you have to report to work when the entire country is being told to stay home, I think you meet the criteria of a first responder. Whether you're a bank teller, whether you're a janitor, whether you're a food or food worker or not. Mm-hmm. I think I think uh, that's a great point, Chris. I wanted to go back to your experience. Um, oh, actually, it sounds like there's a, a problem with Chris's line. So, David, let's keep talking. Um, I'm wondering how much anxiety you've seen from your membership as they're navigating this situation. I, I've never seen such high anxiety in my life. I never thought I'd be dealing with life rather than wages and benefits as a union president mm-hmm. starting in the stores i i'm used to bargaining contracts and advocating for workers to get better pay benefits protections and here i am today in 2020 trying to make decisions to save lives um and it's it's i get choked up i get emotional because i i love the members that i represent and i know what they're going through um mm-hmm. the anxiety is extremely high 
how do you how do you justify going to work and risking your life and your family's life? I don't I, I don't know how my I don't know how my heroes are doing it day in and day out. I'm in awe of them. And and that's amazing what you said about how um, you know the percentage of people coming to work on a daily basis is higher than it's been in the past. People are really rising up to this challenge despite the anxiety that they're feeling. Well, people are, but our elected officials are not, and I'll make no bones about that. Our our statewide elected officials are falling flat on their face. It's not time to sit quietly by the side. You, it's time to be a leader. Um, leaders make decisions, and not every decision you make as a leader is a good decision. But let me say, evaluate the situation and make a rational decision. Do not even evaluate, not even have a conversation. As I've reached out, I've yet to have a conversation with the governor or his inner circle staff. Mm-hmm. That's not acceptable. That's not acceptable. Chris, I want to go back to you. I know you work in a, a shop that is non-union and that you were advocating um, or that people within this shop were advocating for things and running into some roadblocks from management. What sort of things were the workers there hoping to be able to do and, and what has happened with those conversations with your managers? Yes, um, I am one of the newer employees at my facility that I work at, and I stepped up and created a coronavirus safety team because I thought that there was a need to take care of us as, you know, the employees that are, are you know, on the front lines with the, the public. And, you know, it was very tangible things that we could control. You know, we did things such as limit, you know, the amount of customers inside and and you know, and keep people six feet apart at the registers, but, you know, wouldn't take steps such as, you know, putting decals uh, throughout the store to, you know, keep people six feet apart. Um, And, you know, just things that we could control. And so even, you know, the half measures that we wanted to implement, you know, we reached, you know, some, some pushback from management and, you know, that it is disheartening, but that's why the Who Are We movement is here is because, you know, we don't we don't need to just stand up for our individual stores. We need to stand up for everybody. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I appreciate that Fred called in and that the bank person called in because, you know, the Who Are We movement represents for everybody. You know, mm-hmm. at the grocery stores, you only think about the person who's at the register. But think about how your food got there. Think about the field workers that are out there picking our produce. Think about the drivers that are, that are getting that produce to the warehouse workers. Think about the warehouse, work, warehouse workers that are packaging our food. And then the, the truck drivers again, and then they bring that to our stores, and then we deal with the public. There are so many people that are involved in everything we do. All of these essential employees mm-hmm. need to know that we are not expendable. We matter. You know, we should not wait for them to declare us as first responders. They should just make an essential employee law that says we get access to testing and we get access to child care because you deem us essential, so you should take care of us. Give us hazard pay. Give us PPE. Give us proper training. Chris, um, Give us more than – I make $14 an hour. That's not enough for me to risk my life. You know, we matter. You know, it doesn't matter if you see me or not. You know, there are so many people behind the scenes that deserve to live. Chris, I understand that you lost your aunt last week to COVID-19, and I do want to say I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss, mm. but I'm wondering how that has now shaped your perspective on the risks that you face and that and that we all face. Yeah, um, it was a big loss to our family. It was my, um, my great auntie Ruthie, my grandfather's younger sister, she is in uh, she's in New York with her family just celebrated her 84th birthday 
And the day after they celebrated her birthday, they stopped letting visitors in. Mm. And then shortly after that, we got notice that she was sick. And then shortly after that, we got notice she was in the hospital. And then, you know, nurses are running around, you know. They are trying to keep up with, you know, keeping themselves safe while they are saving lives. And they don't have the time to, you know, pick up the phone and and talk to you as as much as they would love to. Mm -hmm. And so my Auntie Ruthie was alone for the last two weeks of her life. I'm so sorry. And, wow. and and I that shouldn't happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Who Are We movement is here for, to let people know that we matter. It doesn't matter what your job is, whether you are a janitor, whether you are a grocery store worker, whether you're a field worker or a truck driver, whether you're a bank teller, you deserve to live. And the fact that people are putting their profits in front of the people that work for them, we are putting our lives on the line and they are just filling their pockets. What are they doing for us? David, what, I are, wa- you, what are you doing to help me? David, in our last couple minutes here, I, I want to go back to you. I know that it's, it's uh, you feel that it's essential for us to be covering our faces when we come into those grocery stores. Is there anything else the member of the members of the public can do right now to support workers <laughs> like the people in your union, um, you know, as we're all sort of facing this big threat? Yeah, and before I answer that, um, I just want to tell Chris how heartbroken I am to hear about your loss, and thank you for the efforts you're taking. I'm going to link onto your your page there and follow you if, if that's okay, because you know that's what unionism is—just everybody partnering together for the betterment. Um, what can the public do? You know, they can shield their faces. I said they can respect the social distancing of six feet. Mm-hmm. Um, they. I want to be clear about one thing, and and where my employers may not be perfect in every way, through this entire process, the Schnook, Deerberg, Straubs have been bending over backwards and communicating multiple times a day with myself about what can we do, can we achieve this together, can we achieve this together. So, And that's great you know, to hear that, that these have been two very responsive employers. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we're perfect. I mean, there is no perfect to date. There's, there's no... Nobody has a playbook for, for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. This was dumped on us, but they're working hard together. The other thing I'll, I'll go back to, just please be respectful. Thank that worker. Think about this. You've got workers in there that, that before this you never even looked at as, as being an important part of society. Without them, you're not sustaining life. And to Chris's point, if you're still working today, I think you should go higher to the food chain when this is all over. Maybe we'll look at things differently. You know, we love our sports. We idol our sports heroes, right? We pay them lucratively. Well, are they really that important? Mm-hmm. We're able to live without the baseball team and football team. We can't live without the Chris's of the world. We can't live without the, the field workers. But we can live without the buildings in downtown St. Louis being manned that right now. We're operating just fine without them. <laughs> that's a that's a really good point you're making, and it'll be very interesting to see how our priorities shift after this, if they shift after this. So, uh, David Cook, president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 655, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, and thank you for being on the phone with me too, Chris. And uh, Chris, Chris Dean of the Who Are We movement, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, just just to touch on what Dave said that, you know, Deerbergs and Snooks are doing a great job, but, you know, their employees are getting sick. You know, you know, we say that we're doing deep cleans, but what does, does a deep clean actually mean? Why aren't the employees that were exposed to the sick worker, why aren't they being quarantined? 
You know, there are a lot of these half measures that, you know, we, we shut down the store and we cleaned it. What does that mean? You know, the people that were in, in close contact with the person that was sick that is now in close contact with the public, you know, this, this is why we need to shut down the grocery stores and make it so that it's curbside and delivery transactions only. You know, we can't trust the public to come in wearing a mask that's appropriate to keep me safe. Well, Chris, thank you so much for those thoughts, and, and thank you for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.